Hey everyone, it's Travis. And I'm Ryan. And this is The Wheat in the Chaff, and you are listening to our remote location in isolation separation podcast. <laughs> we had... We, we've taken a few weeks off. Because I feel like John of Patmos. I, I call to you from exile. <laughs> I call to you. I, I podcast to you from this remote island. <laughs> we, we, we are actually... Are we social distancing right now? Are we, we are. Feet? We are very six far feet apart. Away. We're six feet away. We it's are good. very far apart. That's good. So, yeah, we've, we've had a few weeks off just because, well, it, I feel like... I, I'm busier now that everything's shut down than when I was before this. Totally, totally. I was actually on a discussion with a, uh, a group of, of creative pastors uh, last night, and we were all trying to figure out why we now do are doing four to five times more work than we would ever actually do. Uh, and in fact, actually, my day today is being spent developing animated motion graphics, which is something I would almost never do uh maybe like a very 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 special one-off but because we're doing everything online uh, i'm trying to make you know graphics that work better and stream better and look better and um basically here's what happened is we spent the first four weeks just figuring out what we needed to do how to get it done to do the things that we wanted to do really really well yep and then it snowed this morning i know that was so weird i woke up i woke up and there was an inch of snow on the ground and, and I went, and now it's gone. And I went, I'm out. I'm just, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Uh, this year can can suck it. Um, but then, but then I had a cup of coffee and, uh, and and kind of took a deep breath. And I decided that my solution, at least for the snow and the fact that it's mid-April and still 40 degrees out, and uh, I can't see anybody or go anywhere, is that I'm at least going to make sure that my services online have really bright, happy primary like super spring primary colored palettes which sure. means nothing right yeah. like in the long run of spiritual everything pointless but for right now in this moment it's making me feel better yeah and so that's really what it comes down to is i've decided that my all the little elements of my service shall have some kind of cool setup colorful we're happy and life is good color palette to uh to to set the tone for the rest of the service so uh yeah that's all it really comes down to is i'm creating cool little graphics for like various bumpers of the of the video that we can just drop in and be like hey these are cool so especially since we're like four to for another four to six weeks of doing this i'm like ah, at least i'll be able to reuse them if i make them all today i'll have them for the next you know six weeks of videos yeah yeah so but yeah, yeah. the snow was awful yeah everything, at least it went away everything is awful everything <laughs> Everything is awful. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's definitely been an, a crazy adjustment. And uh, the worst thing is, you know, when you when you start getting into a routine, right? Right. And you know, you don't you, you kind of fall into this like, oh, this is normal. That's the worst part of this because now this is starting to feel normal, and I don't want it to feel normal. No. This is the worst part. This is like, oh, this is our routine now, so you know we do this and this and this and this, and then you know try to kill some time. And and I will say, like, I'm thankful. Uh, all three of our boys have adjusted pretty well. Yeah. Like they're they're not going nuts or stir crazy. There's been a couple of days where they've been bored and this and that, but. You know, there's they do their school. I don't even have to ask them to do their schoolwork. They go right to it. You know, as soon as TV's off, I'm like, all right, boys, turn TV off, and they go right to do their schoolwork and you know all this stuff. And we help them with it here and there. But um, 
so that's been good. Been thankful for that. But, uh, you know, just uh, it's the worst part is like, man, this is this is starting to feel normal and I don't want it to feel normal. I, yeah. I want to go back to what normal was. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for a run to Guitar Center, which I know I won't buy anything because I always go like there's nothing I actually ever need at Guitar Center because if I'm going to go buy it, I'm going to go buy it somewhere else anyway, most likely. But just the it's the fact that I get to go. Yes. Right, it's the fact that I just get to go yeah. and be there because usually I do it on my day off, and usually there's like a, you know, go to Guitar Center, go to Barnes and Noble, go to Best Buy, go do this like little ritual run yeah. of of places of things that I usually would connect to. Either go check out this, or go check out that, or go read this, or go drink that, and uh, you know that yeah, the fact that I haven't been able to like, there's just nowhere to go. That's no. I think that's actually the There's hardest thing. It's not even like oh go. you know you got to stay at home, but everything else is kind of functioning. It's the fact that even if you leave home, there's really nowhere to go. There's literally nowhere to go except go and and here's the like so. Um, I've always not really enjoyed grocery shopping. My wife loves it, but she has like. Being a photographer, she wants to stay as healthy as possible. Mm -hmm. So, so you're, case, you're doing all the grocery shopping. So as I, am I. My wife has, so, has health issues that make it to where yeah. she would be a much greater risk of exposure. Yeah. And so uh, Kaylin and I have, have taken on the grocery shopping. I will say this. We have decided. we, we This will probably come back at me at some point, but I don't care. Um, we don't shop local. We drive a couple towns away. Because we discovered a couple towns away that it's a small town and their grocery store is both more accessible, but also just simply way less people in it. So like if I go to my local grocery yeah. store, there's like a, you know, 150 yard line, oh. uh, you know, yeah. of people waiting to get into it. And then it's all like, you know, one way aisles and, you know, everything's yeah. marked out of this. And, and then half the time you come out of it and people are yelling at each other it's like great you can like walk into our local market basket and feel the tension oh yeah. like like there's uh oh, in our yeah. in our market basket is like and, and it's funny because i don't think this was like a i think it's a self-imposed rule like i don't think market basket said this or made any statement to this i think just people kind of adopted it and then kind of pushed it on other people but our market basket you're not allowed to talk like if you talk people look at you as if you're you're somehow breaking some social code. Wow. Um, and and so like there's you walk into our market basket and it is silent. Wow. And you think about how much sound is usually in a grocery store, right? Kids doing their yeah, thing. Yeah. In this case, it is pretty much silent. Usually, if there's people shopping together, they're whispering to each other. Everybody else is like dead ahead, looking for you know, looking forward, yeah. no, or you know, trying to figure out where they're where they're not supposed to walk. Um, it's a really odd experience, and like I did it a couple of times. Went, oh, I'm gonna go crazy. Like actually, I had I had a friend of mine uh, call me, uh, and it was one of those kind of calls where you're like, oh, I probably really need to take this because he was running into an issue with something. He had a deadline, and I was gonna help him through. And I answered my phone, and I suddenly realized that even just talking normally, I was by far the loudest thing <laughs> happening. You're like echoing and off every, the walls. Every everybody <laughs> could hear this conversation of me going like, so you're trying to record what? You're trying to use what platform? I mean, it was just like, it was just this really generic conversation, but it was still like, I suddenly was aware of just how loud. And I suddenly, like, that's where I suddenly realized, like, there are no other sounds coming out of this market basket. Like, there's no music playing. There's no voices talking. There's no kids doing their thing. It's just the sound of my voice and the hum of, like, you know, 
the freezers and the and the cool thing. Like that's that's all there is is like the home the background home. So we we've we found a store where um, people are at least more normal yeah. and talking and it's still kind of like you know there's still like some restriction as far as like they're trying to keep people in and you know try to keep so many people out and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's worth the it's worth the thirty minute drive for me to not feel like I'm I'm mm-hmm. gonna go insane. The worst part would be if you're at the grocery store and you feel like you have to cough. <laughs> then you're like, dear God. Because, <laughs> you know, it's... it's smother uh, it, smother it! The pollen count is pretty high yeah. right now. And so, like, when you have allergies, like, you're you're already going to be kind of sniffling and, yeah. and coughing due to allergies. And if you cough out in public, especially in a quiet grocery store where yes, everybody's got you, their you face are... covered... Then you are. You have just become the designated patient you are zero. Pretty, you are pretty much <laughs> the Antichrist. <laughs> you have become the Antichrist, and everybody hates you <laughs> and looks at you like we're going to lynch you and kill you right now. Oh. <laughs> so. well, we hope everybody else is doing well. We hope so, yeah. We hope everybody else is keeping it all together. Um, we did have a couple of thoughts. Oh, so I was going to tell you my, my one, my one kind of like weirdest experience so far in this, uh, beyond just the developing new normals has been um i did have someone on facebook uh block me which i have not been blocked in like a really long time oh i don't even get blocked that's, yeah i mean it's like fun. it's been a really long time i think the last time someone blocked me was because we had a really serious serious like actual disagreement like a face-to-face conversation that ended with like hey you probably need to go your way and i probably need to go mine and okay. we just kind of had one of those like hey we're we're just going to disconnect so it wasn't even like a you know a surprise unblocking. It was like one of those mutual things where like, hey, you know what? We differ greatly in this particular area and it's probably just better that we just keep to our own paths, right? Um, so this was one that like kind of caught me by surprise because it's like a colleague, uh, you know, and I was like, you know, they, they posted one of these, you know, there's a meme going around of how you enjoyed your 30 days of communism. Have you seen that one? <laughs> So it's like it's usually it's usually like a picture of like Stalin and someone has photoshopped like heart hands so he's like looks yeah. like he's making the heart at you, um, but you know it's something similar to that. But it's you know the whole idea is like oh you know this is what communistic governments are are like right and you know I kind of joke because he threw it out there kind of jokingly I kind of jokingly responded like well yes but no having grown up in a Soviet state yes. like you know there are actually some huge fundamental differences. Namely, the fact that you can post this yes. meme, right? Like, you in a good communistic country, yeah. like, not only would they control the action, but they would also control the media, the narratives. Yeah. And, and one of the ways that they would actually do it is is by telling you... Basically, they wouldn't actually tell you what was wrong. Yeah. So I told them, I'm like, you know, I, I said, I, I lived in a time where we, we had a city where uh, uh, about 50 miles away, 40, 50 miles away, I think it was, um, there was a nuclear reactor, and it was... Uh, similar to Chernobyl, it it it, ex- it started to ex- go through like the early stages of, you know, they thought it was gonna be like a meltdown, right? Mm-hmm. Like they thought there was gonna be yeah. some kind of nuclear uh, reactor overload, yeah. Yeah. right? So all of this warning stuff started going off everywhere, right? Because it was just like, hey, whatever thing had triggered, yeah, this is this is, you know, this is bad. something bad. So uh, and so the news started putting out all these things of like, hey, this is you know, you know, you may be hearing these sirens. Do not be afraid. Of course. <laughs> we have everything under control. In the event of a, you know, of a crisis, you know, go inside your homes. Now again, these are apartments, they're made of concrete. Yeah. You know. But go inside your homes. Close your windows. Place a wet napkin over your face. 
drink some iodine. You will be fine. Now, if you think about a radioactive meltdown or any kind yeah. of radioactive issue, um, very few of those steps are actually going to change anything if it if yeah. it comes for you. You I'm know what I mean? I'm kind of wondering how's that wet napkin really going to help you? <laughs> okay, but like, but like that's a cult, that, there's the Soviet mentality. There's the communist mentality. Is not only are we going to kind of ignore or downplay the crisis, we're going to tell you to do a bunch of stuff that makes no difference at all. Yeah. And and so there's that part where it's like, okay, you know, I feel like in the states here. You know, there are a lot of like, hey, you could do this, you could do this. But there is also times like, hey, if you do this, it's not going to actually do much, right? Like, it's it's kind of like the, 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 the cotton masks. Yeah. Are they helpful? They're pretty clear. Like, it will help. If you have a cough, it will help you from spreading something. Spreading it. It's not going to actually contain a virus. Like, it's just simply not the right material to do such a thing, right? Like, if you, I mean, they were pretty upfront. If you really want that kind of level, you need to go get this kind of mask. Yeah. You know, so I, so I was just basically commenting. I'm like, hey, you know, this is not a, um, it's not really a communism in, in the sense, like, you know, the government's really not controlling much. We're still American citizens. Like, if you want to leave your home, you can. There's no law that you're breaking by leaving your home. Even if they say, we would prefer you stay at home. Like, you have the right to travel. You have the right to go do this, mm -hmm. this, this, and this. Yeah. In a communist country, you do not have that right. No. Right? So I'm just, I'm kind of like just, you know, kicking back at him. Just, in my in my view, I'm just giving him a little bit of some yeah. crap. Like, hey, man, you know, that's funny meme, comrade. But, you know, just so, just to keep, you know, kind of things balanced. Yes. Here's the reality. Immediate unfriended. Immediate blocked. Wow. And I was like, whoa. That escalated quickly. It really did. And like. Yeah, it was just this whole thing That's where apparently, crazy. apparently by you know, contradicting the uh, the meme, I I just, but I realized that's actually what made me realize like ah, people are are really sensitive right now. Yeah, and, they are, and a little twitchy on both sides. Like whether you're pro or for and, or or against and think this is all you know nonsense. Like everybody's a little high trigger right now. So, yeah. It's, anyway, that yeah. was my. That was my weirdest interaction. Like, besides just simply, like, having to deal with the routines, that was the weirdest interaction I've had so far. It's like, wow, man. He's a pretty mellow dude, too. And so it really wow. surprised me that, like... That is weird. Like, it wasn't even like a, hey, I don't appreciate... It was just, like, an immediate, like, and I was You're out. done. You're done. Well... <laughs> So, uh, Ironically, I host his website for his church. Interesting. So I'm sure it's gonna be an interesting conversation come around like renewal time of like, hey man, you want me to uh, you want me to keep this thing going for you? You should put memes on it. <laughs> I will. I'll be like, hey uh, comrade, um, hey, comrade, government I, just shut down your website. <laughs> I I approve what goes on. <laughs> okay, let me show you how Soviet I can be, my friend. <laughs> so I think one of the one of the um, the interesting things about this whole shutdown is um, the how the church is responding to this, and, and for the most part, the church is responding in very positive, uplifting, great ways. <laughs> most part, I mean, you get a couple of pastors here and there. <laughs> then you have the other side, where you have these churches and pastors who are insisting upon their religious right to gather. As God's people. Have you come across any of the churches? Like, do you personally know any of the churches that decided in the past few weeks to go out and buy an FM transmitter and become local radio stations over the past, like, three or four weeks? I, do you have any actual... Because I've seen... I saw, like, a huge... I was part of a, a, a forum online that um, 
Like, it escalated from, like, hey, guys, how do we live stream to, how do we buy an FM transmitter? <laughs> so it's like, what? Because <laughs> they're doing the drive-up. Yeah, they're doing the drive-in so church. So I do know, I know one pastor in our denomination who did the drive-up church. My brother-in-law and his wife went to their church this on Easter Sunday. It was a drive-up. And then I know another guy that I went to seminary with who did a drive-up church. Okay. So I know at least three okay. that did the drive-up church. So I saw a whole bunch of them shoot up, but I don't know. Like, it was one of those things where it's like I didn't have any personal connections to anybody who actually did one yet. So I was like, that's an interesting response. I mean, part of me goes, great, if you're in your car, yeah, you are, you are again, technically not gathering and you're very distant and you know blah 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 but then there's this part of it's like who who, who buys a transmitter i know and like, like why are, what, how, what are you going to do with that after you after you, after all this is over like when right. you can gather right, that's what i'm saying like what do you with, what do you do with a transmitter anybody like, need an fm transmitter i got one for sale <laughs> um yeah so yeah and uh 89.9 is gonna become a really 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 low yeah, low cost uh, radio station well, did, did you hear the story in in um Man, where is it? I think it was in, in Greenville, South Carolina, I believe, mm. where um, cops raided a uh, drive-up oh. church and they fined people five hundred. There was one in South Carolina, gathered. and there I think there was one in Kentucky as well. Yeah, I think so some they, one in Kentucky where, like, basically, you know, it was like uh, it's kind of like this normal, like, yeah, you know, like like kind of a rural church, right? Like it wasn't yeah. like some big mega church. Like it was some yeah. kind of like off the yeah. beaten path yeah. rural church. Small and churches. Like basically, like a SWAT team was sent to shut it down, and the yeah. pastor's like, "What the heck are you people doing?" Yeah, you know, he's like, "I have been here for however many years, minding my own business, preaching the gospel. The minute I buy a transmitter, like literally, SWAT shows up at my door." <laughs> so it's an interesting thing with this. Uh, because then, then you have the churches that go to the other, to the really big extreme, mm-hmm. where, you know, you got the guy down in Florida who got arrested for insisting on holding his church services, and this was a couple. He did a couple right before Easter, and he got arrested for this. And then uh, you have a guy down in Louisiana who has like a thousand people coming to his church, and he's insisting on we're going to still meet. And Louisiana is actually becoming a hotbed of this of COVID nineteen, <laughs> right? And, and he's insisting on they meet. And then you got the guy, which is this is a sadder story, who insisted on his religious rights, and he was saying, you know, he was quoted saying, "I'm the preacher, and you know, we need to do this and all this stuff." He got COVID nineteen and died of it. Yes, and I his, saw that. And then one. his wife got his yeah. wife has it too. And so my question is do our religious rights should they trump loving our neighbor? Because and the reason I asked that question is because it seems as though these churches are going to this extreme of we're gonna meet as God's people as our religious right. Right. It's not being perceived as loving their neighbor because no, what no. they're doing is is creating a potential hotbed for the spread of this virus in their communities. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always kind of taken, you know, even when we went into this kind of, you know, um, moving to online and, and, you know, not, not doing any gathering kind of mode, you know, my, my basis was always kind of Paul's encouragement to the church, which is, you know, number one, don't create stumbling blocks. Yeah. Um, and, and secondly, the idea that all things are permissible, but not beneficial. beneficial. Yeah. Right. And that's where I kind of take it from is that, you know, yeah, we, again, we're not a communist country. We have a right to our religious freedom. We have yes. a right to that gathering and that expression. 
But just because we, we have the right doesn't actually make it a benefit. And I feel like that's where a lot of churches and, and a lot of pastors right now are kind of struggling is that, you know, because I think politics and, and patriotism are such a huge part of our evangelical identity sometimes, right, that we end up getting into this discussion of, you know, if I don't, if I don't gather as a church or if my church gives up its right to gather, have we become liberal? I know, yeah. You know, because it's usually one of those things like, oh, we've let the liberals win, right? Which is an odd thing to say because it's like, there's really nothing liberal about telling people to be safe and stay home and, 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 just, and be like, yeah. hey, we're gonna we're gonna not do part. this in order. Yeah, like I mean, like that's not a that's not a, a liberal versus conservative thing. It's just healthy versus maybe not as healthy or wise versus not as wise. And so, but I feel like that's the thing is that so for so many of those areas, especially in those particular areas you know you start getting into some of the southern the deeper southern states right like mm-hmm. politics and and faith are so hand in hand of if you believe this this is also the party line kind of that you fall into you know that i feel like that's where you know that's where a lot of it comes down to it's like i i, I use the gun rights as an example of this mm-hmm. not to get massively political here but gun rights is an example right because jesus on one hand both tells peter and his disciples to both take up their swords and put them down. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, and, but there's a, lot of, there's a lot of gun rights groups that tend to have, like, a very kind of evangelical slash conservative slash fundamentalist view of yeah. faith. You know, they're like, Jesus said, break, you know, take up your weapons and everybody should arm themselves with a sword or two. And this is just my modern day sword. Right? And, and they, they use that as a huge... Yeah. kind of platform for for exercising their constitutional right. Yeah. I don't have a problem with the constitutional right part. I have an issue with people who want to try to push weird scriptures to back a political motive or a political agenda, right? And so I feel like that's the kind of situation we run into sometimes here. It's like, Jesus was actually pretty clear that, you know, two or three gather in my name, I'm there with them. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the early actual... Christian church met in homes. Yeah. It was a house church movement. It gathered in small places. It met, met in people's homes. Oftentimes they met in homes and then also still went and worshiped at local synagogues. Yeah. Right? So it's kind of like this both and for them, right? But it wasn't like it wasn't until much much later that we started getting, you know, kind of the Christian church as an established institution with a with a a large scale building where where the masses could come to it for their form of worship. Yeah. Right? It wasn't until much, much later. So I feel like that's where a lot of people forget, like, you know, the the you know, we have to gather as a church. We're not present as the body of Christ unless we're all in the same vicinity. It's like that's actually not quite scriptural. It's no. not the early practice of the of the early church. It's not the practice of the earliest believers. Um, so I'm I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of those folks miss the mark, put themselves at risk, put themselves in... Put their people at risk. Even if it's not a health risk, it's a it's a risk of reputation. Absolutely. It's a risk of trust. It's a risk of, of are you really going to be able... Are you going to be able to move past this and once things kind of do settle back into to normal, do you really think that people aren't going to remember that what, what's going to be viewed as a stubbornness because it's not like the church is being persecuted in this it's not like the church is being targeted it'd be one thing if they were like hey all christian churches can't meet but everybody else is open for for business yeah. right so it's not like it's some targeted thing this is no. a 
general, large scale, everybody, you know, from from shopping centers to small business to, you know, everything kind of takes a low key. So it's like, it's not some form of persecution, which is again, what they make it out they're, to be. They're it's making like, it out to be like, they're the church is being persecuted and targeted. And it's, it's Jesus said it was gonna happen. Yeah, and yeah, it's totally like, not. And the thing is like, you know, when, uh, you know, when the when I was hearing like these churches gonna insist on meeting on Easter Sunday and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do this and I, I, I thought to myself I was like, these churches are worshiping their tradition yeah. more than they are Jesus. Yeah. And did they stop to think that Jesus didn't have an audience when he rose from the dead? It was a Roman guard, but they were all passed out because they were afraid. Yeah. Because <laughs> they yeah. saw they, there's yeah, an Jesus, earthquake and an Jesus angel rose to no actual. Large there was nobody there. People, you know, the women arrived and it was already empty. You know, the and final countdown didn't play. No, the final there was no, no arrested development there. moments. Job no. didn't uh, didn't prance around the stage. You know, no. So it's like they they <laughs> feel like they. I feel like they're they're worshiping their 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 bank account because they want the ties to come in because it's a bigger crowd than usual, and they're they're worshiping themselves as as, as when I say themselves as like I'm talking about like the preachers the the, the pastors. They they want to be heard, yeah, and they want to be listened to, and they need that audience there, that physical audience there to interact with, so it can almost feed their ego a little bit. <laughs> which which is amazing when you consider how many pastors that we watch on the uh, the Twitter clips, where it's them walking around these massive rooms, and there's like eight people in the entire there's nobody place. there. <laughs> but like a lot of times, those are the ones who are like, we're getting together because we've got it, and it's like. You don't have anybody in your church anyway. Yeah, um, you're actually you, un, you're, you're actually safe to me because you're under ten people. <laughs> you're, under <laughs> you're under ten people. So no one cares if you get no. together. <laughs> but I was I'm just disappointed, like especially this guy like in Louisiana who's just so defiant. Yeah. Towards you know the, this stuff and and um, towards the government and you know I just come back to Paul said you know submit to the governing authorities. He even said honor the emperor. Like he's he's speaking to a people who live under the Roman Empire, where Caesar was God. Yeah. And whatever Caesar did, that's what you did. You didn't go. And Paul is basically honor the emperor, submit to the governing authorities, because if you don't, they will kill you. Yeah. You know, it's like just be the church in this kind of grassroots, subtle way. Do not make a stink. Do not cause stirs and rebellions and all this stuff because the Romans, they do not have tolerance for this and they will yeah. kill you. And where's your witness then? The, the, the other takeaway that I've, I just did a, a workshop on this a couple weeks ago was I reminded churches, um, it's like, this is actually one of the best kind of outreach ministry evangelism opportunities you have. I said, yeah. because you can, no one's walking through anybody's doors right now. No. But there are all sorts of churches and ways to kind of connect to people who who are yeah. just simply around and, and are looking for anything and looking for any kind of connection. I said, and so, you know, this is a church for even if you're a small church, to be able to kind of sit down and go, okay, what do I want my Sunday morning to look like? What do I want our online service to look like, to feel like? Do I want it to be kind of vibrant and exciting or do I want it to be this? Like, basically, you have the opportunity to kind of retool, mm -hmm. you know, to, to connect to people that normally would never darken your door, you know. So to me, this is it's a great opportunity. It's 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 a missed opportunity, I think, if, if the church acts belligerent uh, and, and draws its line in the sand and somehow goes, you know, we're doing this no matter what. Because not only are you probably not connecting to new people, you are 
most likely going to be remembered for this and and opportunities to connect to new people yeah. post you know crisis are are going to be long gone that so reputation will be hard it, it to, will be hard to yeah to, it will be hard change. to you know churches christians in general but churches especially have you know it takes it takes a long time to build up a good reputation in a community it takes a very quick poor decisive moment to lose it yeah i mean that's just the reality right it's like you know, you can build up all sorts of goodwill, and 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 it can be shattered in a second by one poor decision. So, yeah, um, yeah it's an interesting kind of time. But you know, I'm uh, I'm hopeful that that for most churches they'll be able to to figure out a new way to use it as a as an uh, as an opportunity to connect. So, yeah. But I'm find, what I find fascinating is the amount of pastors that I speak with who are very scared to go online because they are convinced that their congregation won't come back. <laughs> That if they that if they offer online services, then it becomes an expectation, and that as soon as it becomes the expectation, and they start doing it, people will just simply stop coming. And I'm like, what kind of church are you that people are people are so like you know ambivalent about being there? Like, eh, I guess I can go. I mean, unless they offer online, in which case, eh, I'm never leaving my bed again. Like, yeah, you know, like I, don't I, be afraid. I think one thing that's that's going to come out of this in a positive way is that, um, I think that it'll actually increase like uh, this desire to be connected in person with people because yeah. people are starting to see like, okay, you know, before I think like, Oh, let's work from home. Let's work online. Let's from work, work remotely. Yeah. And then once you got to do it, people are like, Oh, I really want to be around other people. I don't, I don't really like this as much as I thought I yeah. would. I need to be around other people. I need to be, have physical connection. Because like everybody in our church, and we're not a big church, but man, they're just like, oh, we miss everybody. We want to be around yep. people. We want to yep. be around each other. And, it, and it's going to be like a great celebration, the yeah. actual first Sunday where we're around everybody. And everybody's going to be so happy to be together. And that's what and, I'm saying. So like if, you, if, you've, if you've kind of leveraged your online presence really, really, really well, so like say that's six weeks away, right? So you've got six weeks basically to to market and, and target a demographic of people in your local neighborhood to say, hey, you know, connect with us here, connect with us in the, through this particular way, you know, virtually, gathering with us virtually, you know, build those videos, build those services to where they, they, they have things that those folks are looking for. They have things that people will connect to. You build that kind of personal relationship with them, you know, because what's going to happen is when you go, hey, our doors are going to be open for the first time, and we're going to throw ourselves a heck of a party. You now will have new people to invite. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to just being like, oh, we're going to throw a party for the people who are already here and know where we are. Right? Like, that's the part where you go, you know, like, you should be, you should be thinking about how can, I, how can I build an online presence and then invite people to come hang with us once we can finally gather together. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it. totally an opportunity to, to actually grow your church. And it doesn't have to be like super complicated either. I mean, it's just like if you you use what you have, you know. Yeah. For me, I'm just like I post on Facebook and YouTube every day, just a short little hey, here yep. are my thoughts for the day. Yeah. And and then you know we do our Zoom Bible study on Wednesdays, and then we you know we post our you know our one of our worship leaders plays yep. records herself playing and singing and i just add slides to it and throw that on our youtube channel and, and it's, you're right yeah it's like you don't have to go message. crazy it's just the idea of like you know not doing anything at all like basically there's there's you know the extreme of the church right now would be the one we're gathering anyway and to go that road the other word would be we're not doing anything because we're scared of what online looks like 
and then you're going to end up with the same thing you had before everything went down. So, yeah, you know, anyway, we got to wrap this one up for today. Hope everyone is staying safe. Hope everybody is staying sane and uh, looking forward to getting together with folks again when we can. Hopefully. Peace out. See ya.